0: A very warm welcome to Podcast with Sheila, the podcast that is spreading positivity around the world by sharing inspiring real life stories. Our guest for today is a certified school counselor, a wellness coach, podcaster, and empowerment speaker in the field of personal development and mental well being. Brie had gone from losing her mobility suddenly to being bedridden, then to taking her first step on her birthday, to running her first marathon then to starting multiple businesses. If this is not determination and perseverance, I don't know what else is. Hello, Brie, and welcome to Podcast with Sheila.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Sheila. I'm happy to be here.
0: It's a delight to host you based on um, all the technical difficulties we've had to face. We've been off for a while, so I know that our listeners are uh, itching to hear from us again and I'm glad we are doing this today. Can you give us a brief background of who Brie is, where she comes from, stuff like that before we set the ball rolling? Yeah. Yeah, so
1: I'll kind of run you through the basics real quick. Um so my name is Bree Tertaglione. Uh my full name is Brianna. But just I have adopted Bree and really ran with it. So Bree is what I go by. I am from Rhode Island um, in the US originally and then I moved to New York City to get my graduate um, education at Columbia University that's where I received um, my master's in counseling psychology as well as uh, my master's in education in school counseling Uh, I then became a certified school counselor um, and as you said there was definitely um, a medical experience that happened to me that really shook up my life this was um, a year after finishing grad school in 2019 so in 2020 was when i experienced that uh, life-changing event for me it was march of 2020 and i know sheila you experienced a life-changing medical event as well as the beginning of the pandemic so um you know not entirely related but it not related at all actually but having something so major happen while well, something so major was happening in the world um you know it was stressful in itself uh when i think about back to those times you know i i was uh, completely locked down completely alone very scared in the hospital and i definitely would be happy to go more into that but um, yeah. from that experience as you said uh um i have built businesses i have started my podcast i do um motivational speaking now i really speak on my story um, my podcast started with my story and i also bring people on to share theirs um, i am in a, a women's emotional wellness coach so i really really taken my counseling practice and pivoted that to be able to help women gain emotional confidence um understand what their emotional identity is and, and garner emotional resilience and um, factors that surround that. So, that's where I'm at. I hope that's the spark notes version of who I am.
0: It, it does. It does. But um, from your brief, I realize you've been doing this for 10 years. What, mm-hmm. at, what actually is your driving force to helping people become better people or better versions of themselves? What drives you to do that?
1: You know, I've always been really um, interested in personal development. And it started with my own development, kind of understanding how I grow and move through the world. Um, This happened way back in undergrad, and that's where I started working with students. So um, the motivation actually initially came from students because I realized specifically at the middle ages, the middle school age, so that uh, 12 to 14 age range, There is so much that happens and that changes and an incredible amount of of growth that takes place. But it's the, um, depending on the environment and the support systems um, and so many other factors, that growth can kind of go one of two ways. So initially I was really, really engaged with helping students develop in that social emotional space so they can become Um, positive productive um, members of whatever they chose to go into and really understand you know how um, their social emotional self plays into everything else that's happening at that age and from there from working with students for so long it's really transitioned into this um, space of working with adults as well and that really happened after my medical experience where people saw how i got through this situation in my life with um the way that i had gotten through and i was very transparent in documenting it and that's when people really started to reach out to me for that advice how how can i get through this these things happening in my life what can i do can you offer me guidance in this way so um the transition and the motivation from students to adults um, Happened pretty naturally with what happened in my life as well.
0: Yeah. I'm tempted to ask two questions, but I think we want to hear your story first. Then we will okay. bring out the other questions after we've heard your story.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in March of 2020, um, it was March 17th. And I, the short part of the beginning of the story, at least, was that. The day before was the, my final day in the office because we had just found out that n- New York City and the whole country was getting locked down. Um, I did work in education, but I worked for an education program at that time. And we were in our boardroom strategizing um, to try to figure out how we're going to do this remote thing. And we had thought at the time maybe it'd be a few couple weeks, no one really knew. And we were in that boardroom all day. And for me, usually I'm attentive, uh, right? You know, attentive and engaged in the meeting. And my feet started to really tingle and go numb. Oh. It was a really strange sensation. It was like a pins and needles sensation that really came out of nowhere. Um, I wasn't feeling well the week prior, so many of my coworkers thought that maybe it was just because I hadn't been getting the nutrients, the vitamins that I needed. I was like, that makes sense. Yeah. But as this meeting progressed throughout the day, so did this tingling sensation. And so it started in my toes and my feet, and then it started to grow up through my ankles, through my shins and my calves, all the way up my legs. And this was over an eight-hour period of time in that boardroom where I couldn't even sit because it was so uncomfortable by the end of the day. And um, you know, it was such an important day. I wanted to get through it. I, yeah. I knew that the following day was this whole new territory, so I wasn't trying to bail. Yeah. And I, I was like, I'll be fine, I'll be fine. And that night, um, the sensation just grew worse and worse. So not only had it grown up my legs now to about my waist, mm. but I also started to feel the numb, tingling sensation started in my mouth area, mm. which was really strange. And started to grow around my head, my neck, my face, where that all became really numb and tingly. This continued to progress throughout the night, um, and in in the night, I kept getting woken up by the sensation. I thought I could sleep it off, and I couldn't. I woke up several times, and every time I woke up, I found it was a little bit more difficult for me to walk. Um, then that next morning, uh, I woke up and I stumbled out of the bed and I realized that something was terribly wrong. Um, I went to the emergency room um, and I got there just in time. Um, I I actually walked my hands along the triage desk to hold myself up and I said I think my legs are about to collapse beneath me Mm. and no sooner that I said it did it happen and um, so from that point on um, I was immobile the pain the tingling numbing sensation turned into this um, really horrible uh, shooting pains up my legs which the only way I've been able to compare it is like it felt as if there were knives just pulling up my legs. And I know that's a graphic image, but that is um, actually how the doctor had said, is this what you're feeling? I said, that's exactly what I'm feeling. And the scariest part was that um, I would have taken that feeling over the next feeling, which was nothing. And when I had lost all feeling, all sensation, that was when I realized something. Um, this might, this might forever change my life. I don't know what's happening. Um, doctors can't tell me what's happening, and I might not ever be able to walk again. So when that moment hit me, um, that was a real moment of just complete shock. Yeah. Um, to think that, and at the time I was 28, which I know you said. I'll talk about my first steps yeah. again, but. Um, I was in the hospital without mobility for two weeks. It was several days for until the doctors um, could tell, give me any inkling of an idea of what would ha- what was happening to me. Um, and so I sat in that hospital bed in extreme isolation uh, for two weeks. And. As I said, that was the beginning of the pandemic. The day that I went to the hospital was the day that hospitals got locked down. My parents actually drove to drove four hours from Rhode Island, my home state, to New York uh, to to be with me because they were yeah. as scared as I was. And I remember just seeing a flash of my mom before. Um, I didn't see her again, and I woke up in this extremely isolated unit, um, and I was told that all visitors were mandated to leave. So I couldn't have any visitors in the hospital um, in that time as well. So it was really a matter of me being able to, how was I going to get through this myself? If, If I am no longer able to walk again, what's next? How do you continue to move forward with the life you've never lived before? And so that right there was, um, it was almost as disheartening for me to think, like, how could this be happening? As it was empowering for me to realize that these are the cards that I was just dealt. And I will not let my, I will not fold my hand because I was dealt a hard set of cards. So um, to kind of finish up with the with story to let you know what did happen, um, I did find out that I have a very rare um, autoimmune condition that affects my brain and my spine. Um, my healthy cells essentially attacked, I'm sorry, my immune system essentially attacked healthy cells in my brain and in my spine Um, and the miraculous part is that it's tough to say only in this situation, but it was only my mobility that was taken. When we're talking about the brain and the spine, that could have been absolutely anything that was taken from me, including my life. My immune system attacked the wrong cell. It could have been my sight. It could have been my cognition. It could have been my speech. It could have been um, so many other things that, for me, I actually found a little bit of comfort in that. There are people that do this. This is not something, um, you know, lack of mobility does not mean lack of a fulfilling life. And that was um, kind of that coaching that I used to get myself through that. And I, I, I took the power back into my hands um rather than asking why me i was telling myself because me and that did get me through
0: i was going to ask you um what kept you going through those moments of isolation and being alone because usually when you're alone and not seeing anybody especially loved ones you get you tend to think a lot Mm -hmm. your mind go wandering and then you in a situation like this, you, you may find yourself thinking more negatively than positively because you need someone else to be putting positive vibes to you to turn things around for you to start moving on the positive train. But at this point you're alone. So it's very easy for you to be more negative than positive. So I was going to ask you what kept you moving. It it should be something positive because from what I read about your story, it had gone the positive direction. So when I heard you say, we're talking to yourself, kind of self-motivating yourself, saying positive things to you. And I've read it, I've experienced it, that anytime we talk positively to ourself, ourself listens, you know, whatever we want to feed ourselves with, our body picks it up and then it runs with it. So when we think of negative things. We run towards the negative direction. And when we think of positive things, we run towards the positive direction. So I'm glad you're sharing this because in this season, we find ourselves going through a lot and that was where I was coming to, because when I read your story, I tried to read a little bit about mental health because you operate in that area as well. And surprisingly, I read that the second cause of death is suicide. So a number of people dying, most of them were by suicide. And I also read that the ages of 10 to 35 go through this a lot because they have mental health problems and then they tend to take their life. So it has to be something positive they are seeing because at that age, you're going through a lot and you mentioned it as well. That was the reason why you started encouraging people from the student perspective and all that. So that was where I wanted to ask the question. So if at this point, people within that age bracket, tend towards suicide as, as the only option for them, what can we do to bring them from that face? You get it because a lot of people are going through mental health problems and mental health issues. And because of stigmatization, people try to say, I'm, I don't have mental health problems. They try to shine away from them rather than looking for solution or problem. Um, Solutions to the problem. So, what, in your opinion, can be done for people to guide their mental health?
1: Oh, that's such a powerful question, and I'm really happy you're asking it. Yeah. Um, I think that, well, I know that what you're saying is, is uh, really true and really salient that right now, especially, um, we are in a place um, that is just riddled with different mental health struggles. Yeah. Uh, some that are that are emerging out of this pandemic that we are, yes. as we emerge out of it, we're finding there's new um, mental health disorders and, and mental health conditions that um, have developed based on circumstances. And when we're talking about suicide specifically, which I know you brought in, yes. um, it is such a large. Uh, a large piece to tackle in in the mental health field to think that there um you know can be something but if there's if there's words of advice that i can offer people who are feeling in that space um it's that there has been hope found in hopelessness yeah and and often in those spaces when it feels like there is absolutely nothing else um, we have seen that hope can still be found and sometimes we can't find it ourselves and sometimes we do need to reach out to someone else but if we're if we are speaking to someone if i'm speaking to anyone who might be experiencing that um it's it's One of those things where there's something called borrowed confidence. um, And that idea of borrowing confidence from another person can actually, um, which borrowed confidence is someone else pumping you up saying, you can do it, I believe in you. Uh, That concept of of borrowed hope can be applied in situations that feel hopeless. Um, If you can't See the hope for yourself. Um, make it a a final try to reach out to someone to offer it for you, and that and it just needs to be a seed, and that seed can grow into a something yeah. entirely different. Yeah. So um, it's understanding that there can be hope found in hopelessness, and that is something. Even if that is how you massage the words to yourself keep moving forward, then that's okay too. Just believing that that's true offers that little bit of hope that could be necessary to save a life.
0: Before we carry on with your story, through your experience, was there a new you you discovered? A part of you that was hidden that you never knew existed until you, you encountered your, you know, you went into that phase?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So for me, as it was, as everything was happening, um, I, well, one, it was really interesting because I felt like this was the first time I was actually putting my degree in counseling to real use. Uh, this was right after I had graduated. There was just a few months in between from the job that I was working. And it was, I found that I was counseling myself through this. And in doing that, I realized a lot about myself as an individual, as a counselor, um, as a, a warrior is what I referred to myself as in those moments. Um, I discovered a power in myself that can, I feel like I could have only been, um, I could have only realized when my back was against the wall, when there was no other choice but to see it. And that's really the power that so many people um, are able to harness in the face of adversity is this idea that the harder the struggle, um, the more impactful the power on you exactly. so the you know the, the more difficult you go through something the harder it's going to the, the more it's going to hurt the more pain you'll be in the harder it will be to get through but if you get to the other side whatever that other side looks like you've cultivated a power that you would have never seen if you did not experience what you experienced So for me personally, um, I definitely found that power. Not only did I find that power, but I really used mindset um, and reframes of my thoughts and my beliefs and my behaviors to harness that power. So I know I had mentioned it before, but rather than saying, why me? I reframed that thought, that constant, constant, constant thought that will come into our minds when something happens to us that we don't want to happen. We'll just say why me over and over and over. But when you reframe why me is a powerless question. You're asking for something that you'll never know the answer to. So there's no power there for me to ask why me. It serves me no purpose. However, if I start to reframe that why me question into a because me thought, I have just flipped the script and reclaimed that power. When I say, because me, I'm not looking for an answer. I'm becoming it. So that power um, was exactly sort of this rebirth of who I I was, who I am, who I have become, who I continue to become. Um, And I find that for me personally, that power has um shifted my hesitancy to execute on things that I really want to do, starting my business, starting a podcast, becoming a motion a motivational speaker. Um, all of those things, especially the speaking, I I say I waited in the wings for 12 years just you know to to get on stage, but I kept telling myself that that, For whatever reason, I wasn't good enough. I couldn't get there. Now, this is me. I do have that power. And so that power shift for me has opened up so many new doors to exactly the person I want to continue to become.
0: I'm glad you're saying this. Because I think this week, either this week or last week, I can't remember too well. But I had put out a post saying that we shouldn't wish our um, trials off. But rather we should embrace them. Because every trial you go through works on your inner being, your, your whole being and makes you a better person It's like gold. And I put that example out that gold from in the raw state from the earth looks muddy, it needs to be worked on for us to see it shine. And you know that the way people want it. So we all have to go through the process and then come out the way that is very presentable to the world and to be able to live our purpose. You know, and your story at this moment, when you tell it will make more meaning or your job as a motivational speaker or as a coach will make more meaning and will be more impactful. I believe will be more impactful at this point than before your experience because you've lived it. So when you're talking about it, you know what you're talking about. And you talk about it with passion and that makes an impact because i remember one time um there was jaden i hope i'm getting the name right the first name is right jaden but i can't remember the second name and he came on to share his story he lives in the us as well and i think he was born with a disability so he works in that area and because he he he's living it when he tells the story the the emotions that comes with it it makes an impact straight away and he both of us could be telling the same story but i believe he will be making an impact more than me because i am not living the thing he's lived it still living it and can communicate it properly than somebody who's never lived it so i had said that we should always be glad that we go through trials because it's to shape us for our next level and every level comes with its own trial and we have to go through it yeah exactly but let's go back to your story. So how long were you bedridden, and how were you able to take your first step?
1: Yeah, so I, that's a great question. Yeah. Um, so I was bedridden for two weeks. Um, I was going through um, an inpatient rehab to try to get some mobility, but my, uh, my day-to-day really looked um, like being scooped off the bed, kind of put into this yes. standing wheelchair, which was interesting, rolled to the bathroom. You know, every I needed assistance in every single capacity. Um, but in, it was a slow progression. But on my fifth day in the hospital, um, and some I had a friend who said that this, for those who are listening who are religious, this was my mustard seed. Um, and I wiggled my toe. I woke up every morning just wondering if, I, if I'd be able to move and I would try my hardest. Yeah. And there's a really interesting um, you know, connection or lack thereof when, when you know how to walk but you're sitting there and you're thinking about trying to lift your leg and you're doing all the things that you've yeah. always done. If anyone is sitting in a chair or a bed right now, Think about lifting your leg. That signal is sent yeah. right to your leg. You lift it up, and that's that. And that, you know, that is how we move. But I was thinking about trying to lift my leg, and every morning I would wake up and I couldn't. It would almost bring me to like a sweat, trying so hard, like to get some movement. And then on the fifth morning, I was able to wiggle not a fraction of a millimeter my big toe on my right foot, which is. I can't help but laugh a little bit when I say it just because it's a little bit funny, but it it was so magnificent wow. for me in that moment. It brought me to tears. It's going to bring me to tears now. Wow. When I saw that fraction of a millimeter wiggling my toe, that was the hope that I needed. <sighs> that, was, that was the hope and the hopelessness that I found, And I, and I couldn't do it again after that. I did it once that whole day, and that that was it. And you know that was, yeah. and so you know my progress fluctuated, but that happened, and that that was for me all of the power that I needed to keep moving forward. So, um, time went by in those two weeks, and uh, March twenty fourth, twenty twenty, which was my 29th birthday, I was able to my very first step again and that was the most remarkable birthday gift I I believe that I will ever be able to give myself Um, and there's so much that I have learned from that and I would be happy to go into that space if you'd like but um, what I can say for sure is one of one of the cornerstones of, the, of my practice now, one of the cornerstones of what I talk about um, and work with clients on, is consciousness. And it's so interesting because it doesn't seem like a natural thing to speak on um, after such a um, such a crazy event. You know, I I think that a lot of people would would expect me to really speak on hope or the wiggling Mm -hmm. of the toe. And though I do incorporate all of those pieces, consciousness was um, the most incredible discovery for me in that moment because I got to actually understand from moment to moment to moment how my body learns how to walk. It's not something we're, we're conscious of yeah. as babies. Yeah. Our parents get to see it happen, but it's instinctual at that time, you know, to, to start to try to walk. It's something yeah. that we do naturally to progress in life. This was not natural. So my level of consciousness and understanding and actually watching that process take place for the second time in my life felt like it opened up a whole new realm of understanding in my life in general and what else I wasn't awoken to yet what else was I doing that I had no concept that I was actually doing because often not to say we take walking for granted but it's a natural given ability for yeah. most of us or many of us yeah. um obviously everybody is different literally and I totally understand and respect that not everyone does have that ability but many people naturally go through life learning how to walk exactly. and don't give it a second
0: thought
1: yeah. I was forced to give it a second thought and that has really changed the way that I function in in my own space and in the world
0: exactly you know as you just said that little bit you summed up over there um, what came to mind was we have to appreciate every day at every step of the way. And sometimes you don't get to appreciate something until it's taken away from you. Then you value it more when you have it again. And this happens in and this can be put in different, different ways, even in relationships, relationships with our children, with our spouse, with our parents, everyone else, you know, everything that comes easily to us. We don't really value because we know we are su- is our right you know, like walking when, right. like you said, when you come as a baby, you know, the the next thing is for you to start walking and it's automatically you have to start doing that. So we don't really value. So the consciousness bit is to draw one's mind to how important or how valued it is for one to be able to make the move towards walking on your own and stuff like that, yeah. isn't it? And that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it,
1: it, the miracle of who, of what we are and how we function and, you know, the fact that we are, are walking and breathing and talking and, you know, if any of those things that we rely on daily to move, to move literally and figuratively throughout the world are stripped from us, it is, the world is reopened when you are able to reaccess it because it, it takes on an entirely new meaning.
0: Wow. Let's talk about your businesses. How, I know it had started from everything you've gone through and all, but how did it start? Talk, tell us how it started, how it's been, and where you are now.
1: Yeah, so um, after this all started, um, I did go on a running journey. So I went from learning how to walk again to going through the rehab process, and that was several months, Um, and I was never a runner. I was always very physically active, physically fit, really despised running, Um, until I started running just to know that I could, just to make sure that I could, just to appreciate that I could, and again, that that perspective shift, so um, running was the first piece, and that for me was Rehab in itself for my body for my mind. It's where I would I would connect the two um, Praise the two and and just be in my zone and and, um, So running was the first step and so I I started running Distances upon distances five miles ten miles fifteen miles all the way to marathon distances um, Just because It felt so good, which is so crazy, because I did not like it prior to. Um, But that running journey, um, I find that I actually get a lot of my best thinking done when I'm running. And as I was running, going through this whole experience that I did, I really started to think about, you know, how, how do I bring this to the world? How do I bring, I'm so ready now, like I'm here, this is it. New lease on life, how do I bring it to the world? So, from the running, then transitioned into my podcast and starting the podcast um, just to tell my story. So, the very beginning of my podcast, there's uh, 10 initial episodes that are dedicated to me telling my story and infusing um, my therapeutic techniques and my counselor techniques and everything that I learned becoming. Um, a counselor in school how that applied to me and my story and how that might be able to apply to listeners um, and then I would as that grew I also infused running with things I was learning while I was running the physical capacities mental capacities emotional capacities so it all kind of intertwined and I just this was really the way that I started talking and garnering that confidence to speak in front of people because I knew that's what I always wanted to do, but didn't know what I was gonna speak about and didn't know how I was gonna get on that stage. So getting a mic and starting my own podcast and telling the story which I felt so passionate to share with people um, started uh, gaining speed. And so running for the podcast, and then as the podcast podcast started to grow and transition, um, as I started to bring guests on, Similar to what we're doing here, I started inviting guests to tell their story. And for me, um, I found that my story and journey really led me to a purpose-driven path and a purpose-driven life. And so that is really the the conversations that I drive now is I um, check with my guests to see if they feel like they're sitting in their purpose or working towards it or found their in it after their journey so that has been the progression of the podcast um in the midst of all that uh, i just started speaking um for different small engagements anyone who will listen to me for me to tell my story um greek life chapters uh something so going back to my old uh greek life roots and such so just started telling my story there um And then in the midst of all this, I was still counseling in a school and that I made that transition this year. So, uh, in September, 2021 was my first time not going to work in a school in 10 years. And that was so I could really, um, put my full self into building this business, building this speaking career, building out these workshops and coaching programs that have all come out of this experience that i went through so that was kind of the progression at this point now um we're in mid 2022 um i'm still the podcast um i have so many episodes recorded and i'm dropping those constantly um doing speaking engagements in a variety of different places, doing emotional wellness coaching for women. Um, I'm also getting another license in counseling so that I'll have the ability to open my own practice soon. So um, I'm just continuing to really build on and develop and grow out of this experience. And it it continues to develop and grow itself um, because of, what i'm putting into it and how
0: passionate i feel by it fueled by it it's so beautiful and so inspiring what you've done with the experience and it, it tells how strong you are and how strong any other person can be if they decide to so it has to be a mindset it has to be a, there has to be a, some willingness in there you have to be willing to do it to be able to achieve it and i believe mm-hmm. everybody can can put themselves into this if they want to. So no situation at no point in our time in our life should break us down. No situation at all should be able to break us down. Whatever it is, I believe that we should be able to make the best out of it. Like you have made the best out of it. And today the experience has become a stepping stone to bigger heights, like starting a business and helping others come out of their own problems sometimes I tend to see things like this as a blessing and I also tend to believe from my perspective and from where I am coming from as a Christian that God puts us into situations because he wants to give us authority over an area you know to to live our purpose so if you had well an example if God wanted you to be a wellness coach and you have not lived it yourself how well would you be able to empower people How well will you be able to lead people? But when you've gone through it, then you'll be able to share your experience as a way to empower and motivate and encourage people to know that you've been there. But they should be looking at you now. Because somebody who's lost mobility in the legs and then from your upper body, but was able to bring it all together based on positive thinking and the willingness to get there, the desire to be able to make it. Once they see you, you become a true example of what you're preaching. And then that alone is hope. Without saying much, they know you did it. I can do it. And this is very commendable for you to have done that. If you had one wish for this year, what would that be and why?
1: Mm. Oh, man. I mean, how big can my wish be? be, As big as you want. Is this something... Okay, well, I think this could actually be a good way to um, sort of connect it to, uh, you had said at the very beginning that the, the mantra or the tagline that I really embodied and coined for myself is buy into the possibility of you. And if I could have one wish, it's that everyone will buy into the possibility of who they can be. And that is that hope, that is that peace, that is that just understanding that it doesn't need to be in front of us for us to have the power to make it happen. And I think that that can be really hard if we feel like there's, you know, nothing... buy into i don't have possibility because i am who i am or this is how i am or i'll never get better or a mindset like that buy into the possibility of you is buying into the fact that somewhere outside of your realm of understanding is who you can be yeah so That is my wish. That is my hope. I'm not asking for people to even make the first step. I'm asking for them to know that they can. I'm asking for them to see their power, even though it's not hanging in front of them. I'm asking them to understand that there is possibility outside of what is happening right now. That is my wish. (laughs)
0: Wow. Brie, you are hope personified, and I am happy... I was able to link up with you to get to know your story and then to bring you on podcast with Sheila. I couldn't have wished any better because your story alone is so inspiring, inspiring to me. And I believe that our listeners will be inspired as well. And anyone else who gets the opportunity to listen to this story, I believe it's going to make an impact in their lives. You are a true example of what hope is. And if you're able to do it, I believe that others will also be able to do it if we put ourselves to it. So we would like to say a massive thank you for coming on podcast with Sheila today.
1: Thank you so so much it has been such a pleasure Uh, you are an embodiment of hope as well so I appreciate you sharing your platform um, allowing me to share my story and it's been such a pleasure
0: chatting with you thank you thank you if you've been listening in this is season 2 episode 48 of our podcast series where we've been bringing your way seasoned guests with inspiring real life stories to share with us Do not miss out on all these lovely experiences. Subscribe and be notified when a new episode is released. While at it, please drop us a rating. We have a video presentation of this episode on our YouTube channel. Just search for Podcast with Sheila on YouTube and you will find us. Our prayer for you this week is that you never miss a lifetime opportunity. Until we meet again.